It's time for the Crunch Time Plays Podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. Hello, everybody. Thanks for hopping back in on another edition of Crunch Time Plays. Got another terrific guest for you today. The NFL Draft's only a couple weeks away, and we're going to talk it loud and clear with a lady from ESPN 97.5 in Houston, Houston Sports Show. She also is co-host of the Pixwise NFL Show, and that's Rachel Von Arania and this AKA OJ. So we're, we're just going to call her OJ today, but, but Rachel, hope you're doing well and, and thanks for coming on with me. Hey man, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And, um, you, you did, you did better with my last name than most people do. So I, I really appreciate you putting the effort into that, but now I'm really happy to be here. Thank thank you for having me. Hey, I try, I try, I try I'm going to do it once, but then I'll probably just call you OJ for the rest of the time, but that works. That's, 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 that's the cop out. Most people take. Von Oranya is not, you know, I don't expect you to speak fluent Dutch, so it's okay. I'm okay with OJ. <laughs> well, I want to start with you by talking about something that happened today as we're recording this on Wednesday. Is Genevieve Quine signed a, a one-year $10 million deal with the Cleveland Browns today, and he's kind of joining a, a dynamic duo with Miles Garrett, this, this Batman and Robin kind of type. But I wonder – in who is Batman and who is Robin in that? Because Jadavia Clowney was obviously a highly touted prospect coming out of South Carolina. He gets drafted number one by the Texans. And then he, you know, steps in a, a you know, just a, a water, you know, sewer on the field there in Houston in the first game and, and hurts his ankle. And he's been kind of, kind of gimpy ever since. But when he's on the field, he's one of the best there is. And then pair him with Miles Garrett. But who, who, who would you say leads those two? Uh, who's Batman and who's Robin in that group? Oh, man. I Okay, I'm going to try to be as nice as I can right now. I think that you look at Jadavian Clowney with a pair of South Carolina goggles on. You know how they say, like, some guys have, like, beer goggles when they think, you know, certain people are more attractive than they are? I think you are looking at Jadavian Clowney with South Carolina beer goggles because – Honestly, the dude has kind of, I hate to say it, I live in Houston, so maybe it was a little more dramatic to me than it was to the rest of the world, but Jadavian Clowney has been kind of a bust, and uh, not. I mean, here in Houston, there's not a whole lot of fans of his. Um, he's never had double-digit sacks. I think one of the worst things that has happened to, to Clowney, though, is that he was described to everybody. He's living off of that hit, right? Who was it against? Michigan? Michigan, yeah. And the Michigan, Outback yeah. Bowl. That's right. There you go. He, he's been living off that hit for a long time. And, and you look at him physically, he is a physical specimen amongst a bunch of physical specimens, right? Nobody in the NFL is not, not special physically, right? You don't get to that level without being special. But Jadamian Clowney, and you look at him, he looks like a carved statue, like he's so damn fast. He's so quick. Um, and, and he had that big hit that, you know, is still a, a prevailing gif on social media to this day. But the problem with him is he was deemed, he was touted as a pass rusher. And he's really a run stopper, if we're being full blown honest. The dude's really good against the run when he's healthy and when he's motivated, but he does take plays off. He's never had double digit sacks and he never had those double digit sacks opposite J.J. Watt, who's one of the greatest edge rushers probably of all time. And then, you know, he was also, they had Whitney Merciless in his prime when he was there, um, who's also kind of a bust, but that's a whole other story. But, but Javion Clowney is, I mean, hell, Tennessee didn't want to keep him on. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I will tell you this. It's Miles Garrett tenfold. He is Batman Jadavian Clowney is Robin. Maybe he's um, Robin from uh, the the teen. What is the comic where it's, it's Robin before he Teen Titans? Teen Titans, yeah. Yeah, he's not even full blown adult Robin yet. He ain't that good because Robin's really good. He's little Teen Titan Robin. So uh, don't get me wrong, he has flashes of very good play on the field. Um, he will have a big play here and there. I I mean, again, if he's healthy. He'll have a big play here and there, 
but he is very injury prone. He, I, I keep going to the double digit sex and sex are not everything, right? I'm, I'm not stupid. Pressures are a big deal, but he takes plays off. I don't know. I don't know. I, again, I live in Houston. So maybe the disappointment is greater here with me than, than in other cities or like where you live. But I frankly, I thought Cleveland probably could have done something a little better, but I mean, and oh, it's still good. It's still an upgrade from, from who they had. I think don't they have Vic Beasley too? Am I right about that? I, I think so. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I want to say, yeah. <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. Bless their hearts. They have two guys who much smarter people than I have questioned both of their desire to even really want to play football to, to be there and put in the work that it takes to win a championship. It, you know, bless their hearts with the two of them. I, I wish the best for them though. Cause they have a lot of talent on that team. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you and just sitting, you know, in Williams Bryce stadium. And when I, when I think back to 10 years ago where I was being 13 years old, sitting in Williams Bryce stadium, watching Jadevian and Clowney in 2011, 2012 and 2013, you notice, and he had this humongous year in 2012, had all the the highlights against Georgia and that team that al- that almost went to the national championship game, and then you look at him in 2013 and he's taking plays off, preparing for the draft, and then I'm like, well, he, you know, he he may not be very good in the NFL. He's going to be a number one pick, and then you know the question is whether or not he can stay healthy, and then Be- Beasley too. He he kind of reminds me of that. He he took a lot of plays off at Clemson oh, yeah. as well, but then a lot of the talk today has been after after the signing that the Cleveland Browns are going to win the Super Bowl and so so what so what are, what are your thoughts on that do they have a chance do they even have a chance to to possibly advance deep into the playoffs um you know here's the thing I don't have a lot of faith in the rest of the teams in their division um, a lot of people probably tell you that they need to look out for Baltimore um I tell I see Lamar Jackson do anything for real in the playoffs. I'm just, and I know he's young. Don't get me wrong. He's very talented, but I have my theories on dudes that I feel like just use their legs way too much. Almost use it as a crutch, so to speak. Don't at me Ravens fans. Don't at me for this. I know y'all crazy, but, uh, and then you have big Ben, he's getting old as hell and they're just falling apart. And then you have Joe Burrow in the division who, I mean, I know that they're going to address their offensive line and they're going to try to protect him and they should because he is the future for them. Absolutely. But the O-line and so many things on defense for, for that Bengals team were so atrociously bad last year that I feel like it's going to take a couple years, probably another year and another draft outside of this one and another free agency outside of this one to really protect that guy, give him a solid running back that can actually stay healthy, run the ball to relieve some pressure, you know, and that defense was ugly early in the season. They just have so many needs that I feel like if the Browns ever had a window, it's got to be right now, right? With that being said, do I believe that they're going to win? No, I don't. Do I think that they could maybe get to a divisional round? Sure, they could do that. They could win their division too. I think there's enough talent on that team, but do I expect a deep playoff run? No. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't either. I mean, a lot. You know, I just thought it was it was you know Browns fans just get getting all hyped up today, and I'm like, Man, Browns not gonna win the Super Bowl. And it, it's it's cool it's cool to say because the Browns have y'all have their fans have yearned for it for 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 such a long yeah. time, and they're they're. They're so so anxious to be good, and and they're getting there, but they're right. they're they're not quite there yet. But then no, I want to absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I, let me tell you this: nobody's rooting harder for a team that isn't my team than me for the Browns. If that makes any sense, what I just said. But I have been rooting for them for a while. I want to see them do well. I want good things for that fan base. I just feel like they get crapped on all the time in Cleveland, no matter what. But I would love to see them win. Dog pound, the dog pound, they need some good things to happen to them, you know? Oh, yeah. And now I want to move to a team that you are a fan of, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. They have the number four pick currently in the NFL draft here in a couple of weeks. 
but I've seen a lot of things about them possibly trading out of that pick, staying in the pick and drafting Kyle Pitts. But I know, you know, in a lot of situations where you bring in a new head coach, like the Falcons just did with Arthur Smith, you want to, you want to pair him with that, the, that brand new franchise quarterback, you know, I think back to, to Cliff Kingsbury with the Cardinals paired him with Kyler Murray and then, couple other new coaches in the league this year are going to get their brand new quarterbacks and and Urban Meyer with Trevor Lawrence and then and then probably Robert Sala with Zach Wilson or, or whoever they decide to draft. It seems that Zach Wilson's probably the pick right now. But but it, I know the the Falcons have had representation at, at every of the top quarterbacks pro days. So do should the first question I have for you is should the should the Falcons draft a quarterback? And if so which ones do you like? Fields, Lance, Wilson. But if not, then should they just stay in the pick and take a guy like Kyle Pitts, or should they try to trade out of the pick and possibly gain some other picks and then get another quality player uh, in the later, you know, top picks as well? There's only two options here. If I'm the Falcons, if I was the GM of the Falcons, this is exactly what I do. First of all, you ain't replacing Matt Ryan because you can't cut him. He's like a $45, $47 million dead cap hit, I think, if you were to cut him. Um, he ain't going nowhere, and he ain't going nowhere next year either, I don't think. Um, he's still got a ton of gas left in the tank. I wish that I just had a, a monitor beside me right now, and I could play you this video that I saw Colin Cowherd um, say what you want about him. I, I enjoy watching or listening to his show every once in a while. And uh, he actually made a great case for Matt Ryan, which I already knew. You know, he didn't convince me of nothing. I already knew. But he just he makes a lot of money because he can word things better than I can. And um, he was talking about Matt Ryan's stats post Kyle Shanahan, post probably arguably one of the greatest offensive coordinators in the league right now. Um, his stats after that, he still leads the league since – Shanahan left and I think it was pass attempts and pass completions and like passing yards or he might be top three in passing yards since then. I mean, it's, it's just insane what he does and what he does with no protection, constantly under pressure. Um, you know, since Shanahan left, he hasn't had a real viable running back. If we're being dead honest, Freeman wasn't his self after that year. I think he got injured and he hasn't been the same after that. And then, yeah, you have a shell of Todd Gurley right now and, and a bunch of other dudes who I can't even remember their names right now. And I don't remember them for a reason. And then no defense, none. Some of the worst secondaries I can remember watching in my adult life has been the Atlanta Falcons. And they're always drafting, you know, Thomas Dimitrov always taken a linebacker, trying to get some pass rush and some run stopping for this division. And, you know, they just never pan out, i.e. Vic Beasley, like we just talked about. Um, Tack, Tack McKinley, he might actually be who went to the Browns. I can't keep up with all these sorry second-rate linebackers and edge rushers that they keep trying to pick up. So all that's tell you this, Matt Ryan is doing a lot of things. He is literally the only good thing for this team, and he has been for years. Four years. Him and, and, and Jones, him and Julio. You know, so I, I mean, if he's doing that right now at this age and the dude is so durable, he rarely ever gets injured. And when he does, it's only for like one game for him to be doing that at what, what is he? 35, 36 years old. I think he's between 34 and 36. Um, homeboy has a lot of gas left in the tank and it's 2021. You know what I mean? This isn't 1991 anymore where quarterbacks, when they hit 31, 32 years old, you're, you're ready to retire them. It's not like that anymore. And Matt Ryan's biggest fault, I guess you could say, because the Falcons fan base is clamoring for a mobile quarterback. They all seem to think that a mobile quarterback, they, of course they want Justin Fields, right? Georgia guy. They want Justin Fields, um, which I just think is stupid, but I mean, he couldn't even beat out, uh, what was the name? Jake, Jake Fromm, Fromm, you know, at Georgia, which I thought was a mistake, but let it be known. I, I was like, Kirby smart. Like, how can you not look at this kid and, Jake Fromm was great in college. He only had to throw the ball 18 times a game. 
make 12 pass completions for 212 yards and four touchdowns because Zoe had a monster running backs behind him, you know, but I, I mean, he was good, but I always knew Fromm was not going to win them a championship. How did you look at the potential, the mobility, the athleticism that Fields had and let him go for Fromm? But I digress. Uh, they, they want Fields in Atlanta at the Mercedes Benz and um, it's not going to happen, but also it shouldn't happen. Um, he's a good college quarterback. I don't think he's going to do that much in, in the NFL. Uh, Matt Schaub got way too much left in the tank. So they should do either one of two things. Trade back, but still stay in the first round. Just get two first rounders and then some other picks. And just, you know what? New GM, new coach. Let's just start fresh. Or, or you take a dude like Kyle Pitts or whoever you think could be uh, one of the best, a really good offensive lineman for him outside of the center, you know? Um, cause they can't stay healthy for the life of them. The ones that they do draft, uh, definitely don't need another wide receiver. Certainly not another receiver from Bama, please. Lord help me. But, um, no, I, I think, I think Terry Fontenot, it, it is weird though, because I, do you, you, you keep up with the Falcons. Do you kind of ever get the vibes that Terry and, um, and Arthur aren't maybe on the same page because I hear Terry Fontenot in press conferences and stuff. And he never shuts down the idea of taking another quarterback, right? He's always talking about the future, the future, right? And always, no matter who you are, no matter how good you are, I don't care if your name is Julio Jones, I'm going to try to pressure you with a, with a really good backup just to keep you on your toes. Seems like a big fan of that. Whereas Arthur just seems very like, I want Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's good. I'm good with him. Hell, look what I did for Ryan Tannehill. You think I can't do that with Matt Ryan? I run the same style of offense as Shanahan did, and that was his MVP year. It's going to be a West Coast zone blocking scheme, run the ball heavy. You know, I I, I kind of get the, the vibes that they're at odds with each other. And it's not like Terry Fontenot hired Arthur. Arthur Blank hired Arthur, and Arthur Blank hired Terry. And it's like, hey, you two got to work together. But do you, do you get those vibes, or am I crazy? No, yeah, I, I do get the vibes. And what? What what backs up the vibes is because the Falcons have been to every top quarterback's pro day. You know they went to to Justin Fields both pro days, and then and then but who didn't have scouts at them? Even the Houston Texans, who haven't had a first round pick, I think for three years, including this year, they don't have a pick again until the third round. I can guarantee you they had scouts there. They're just doing their due diligence. I don't think it means nothing. I also think it's a mind game, but. Yeah, that's 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 a great point. If they did take a quarterback, it would, I would hope it's Zach Wilson. He's, I mean, outside of Trevor Lawrence, who obviously Jacksonville ain't, ain't that ain't going nowhere. Uh, I, I think he's the next best bet. I don't know. What do you think? But I, I don't want him to take a quarterback. He he will not be available at the place that I would. If he was available in the third round, I'd be like, oh hell yeah, grab Matt Ryan's. You know, the future for when he does choose to retire, but. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I Matt Matt Ryan has a has a, a ton of weapons. He's he's a great quarterback. He's you know he's he got the two Alabama guys and and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And then then I'm also with you on 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 Justin Fields. I thought you know that Kirby Smart should have stuck with him uh, longer than uh than than Jake from. Jake from State Farm. So. Jake from State Farm. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> but you know, I, like they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And, and Urban Meyer, Ryan Day, they they got Justin Fields. So, <laughs> yeah. No, you're they man. Ohio State lucked out with that one. That was that was nice. And you know what? They had a good defense. They had good receivers. And at the end of the day, they still didn't win nothing. So. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on on either either trading back for the Falcons or or staying in that fourth pick and and getting you know yet another weapon in in Kyle Pitts because I've seen a lot of seen a lot of things Ooh. about him. Uh, he's gonna, he and all indications you know seem to point that he's you know going to be a great NFL player. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, who doesn't? How does your mouth not foam a little bit whenever you think of Matt Ryan with Kyle Pitts? Like, oh my goodness. And Matt Ryan has had 
I mean, when he has a good tight end, man, he can do work. He can also make a good tight end. I mean, I, I, it's just my opinion, but I feel like he made Austin Hooper. He got Austin Hooper paid because he's on a milk carton in, in Cleveland. I, I know because I had him in fantasy because I'm like, oh, my goodness, with all the weapons Cleveland has, like, this guy's just going to eat. He's going to eat over there, and he did not. And I was like, oh, why did I take you, like, in the fourth round? I'm stupid. But um, still won the league, though. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I feel like he made his career. I feel like he made a dude like Roddy White, who I know is a wide receiver, not a tight end. But Roddy White looks, like, way – Roddy White is was going to be a talented guy no matter what. You know what I mean? But I feel like Matt Ryan really just did it. Mohamed Sanu was kind of the same guy after he left. At least, well, not after he left. I'm sorry. Before, when he was with Cincinnati, he was still good. After he left Atlanta, not so much. But um, no, Matt Ryan, having Matt Ryan as your quarterback is going to enhance and make you, you know, this much better than you would have already been with, say, a mediocre quarterback. And people just don't realize that about Matt. So, but no, Kyle Pitts. Oh my gosh. And if they chose to keep Hayden Hurst running a two tight end set with those two guys, ooh, be fun to watch. Fun to watch. Oh yeah. Two, two SEC guys and Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts. That'd be fun to watch. Y'all SEC guys, SEC. Is there any other conference that roots more for, well, not outside of my conference. I, I went to uh, the university of Houston, right. And we're a, we're a group of five conference and, so we need all the help we can get. So we do kind of root for each other's teams, especially if they make it, uh, you know, they, they make it to a bowl game or something. We kind of root for them to win because, well, it's good money for our small conference, right? But, uh, but SEC is like, I mean, do people in, in the Big Ten, I know the Big 12 doesn't, do they root for each other the way the SEC is like, oh, yeah, it's like a cult, SEC, SEC. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't, I can't think of a of a conference that that roots for the conference fan bases that that cheers for, you know, like Alabama when they're in the playoff and, and different things like that. But but I think one of the one of the main reasons they do that is because they know that Alabama winning the national championship is going to benefit the other thirteen teams financially in the SEC because of that playoff money. So. Right. I think absolutely. Honestly, I think that's that's one of the driving factors, and you know, everything's about money. It's 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 a business. College football is a business now, Mm -hmm. and uh, especially with this new, you know, the SEC just signed this new TV deal with ESPN. It's it's, you know a just a monster number, and this I I just like to have some of that money, even like one percent of it. Like oh shoot, give me give me 0.5 percent you know what I mean like that's that's billions like billions it ain't even millions it's billions just give me like 0.01 percent like no I'm I'm with you a million percent and it's funny to me because uh I won't get into it too much but you know with the in March Madness and attorney right you had the the stuff coming out about the women not getting as nice of things as the men and half the nation was like, well, the women's don't bring in as much money for, for, you know, the NCAA as, as the men do, which is correct. I mean, the, the boys games get a much, not this year in the tournament, because I think all that controversy made the ratings really high for the women's game. They had, I think they, I don't remember the numbers, but they had outrageously high ratings for what they normally get for the women's this year. But um, half the country, you know, was like, well, they don't make as much money for the NCAA, so why should the NCAA spend that much money on them? And then you had the other half of the country that's like, you can't use that argument because the NCAA is not a business. It's, you know, it's a nonprofit. It's for, it's, I forget the word that they use. But anyways, me and my boss, Jerome Solomon on the Houston Sports Show, we got into a big argument about this. And um I just thought it was funny how people who like to use the argument that the NCAA is not a business were the same people who say that athletes should get paid because it is kind of a business. And, you know, he argued with me on that. Now, I wasn't really arguing with him. Like, sure, of course, I'm a woman, right? I think women deserve 
it's just right, right? They deserve the same food that the dudes were getting, the same weight rooms, all that stuff. But with that being said, I still, that was the first thing that came out of my mouth was, well, does the NCAA have to give them stuff like that? Why wouldn't their primary focus be the cash cow? You know what I mean? Like that just uh, thinking from a business mindset, it, it was just a question that I asked. And he was like, how could you say that? Blah, blah, blah. And by the way, the NCAA is not a business. But then whenever we get into arguments about having a, about whether student athletes should get paid or not, then he likes to use the argument that the NCAA is a multi-billion dollar business. And I'm like, it's funny how you pick and choose when you use that. I'm sorry. I don't know how I got off on that topic, but I mean, that, that's how, that's how everybody is these days. We just kind of pick and choose what we want to hear and, and just kind of roll with it. Correct. <laughs> so what, what are the other the Falcons have a lot of picks? What what are some of the other needs that, that you would like to see addressed for the Falcons? And maybe just, you know, give me one or two players that, that you think could, could fill those voids that, that you've been looking at. Yeah, I think they definitely got to address. I mean, they don't really need any help on offensive position players. But like I said, like Kyle Pitts might just be too good to pass up. If you know what I mean? But um, outside of that, I mean, you've got to find some solid depth for the offensive line because bless their hearts. They, they always draft offensive linemen, but they, they always get injured early in the season. And I just feel like that's what I've been watching for the past two or three years, you know, that I can remember. I can't really remember that much past two or three years, but uh, I, I do think that they need to address uh, Matt's protection, especially the older he gets the slower he's going to get. It's just natural. I'm not saying not taking anything away from his talent because fortunately for us, Matt Ryan's not a dude that has to rely on his legs or speed or athleticism. You know what I mean? He breaks you down with his mind and yeah, I mean, he'll run a little bit here and there, but that's not what he relies on, you know? Um, But I need him to be able to stand in the pocket and make those throws. Um, I would like to see them find a really good young running back, which I believe you can find those in the late rounds. I absolutely do. Um, no sense in taking one early in my opinion. Um, and you know what, the, the quicker you address that offensive line, the better those running backs get. And then of course they, they need a, they need a pass rush. They need a freaking pass rush. Oh my goodness. I, it's like Matt Ryan has to put, you know, 42, 45 points on the board every time for them to be able to win a game. And you just, you just don't win like that. You just don't. So we need to get, oh man, the secondary needs help, but I believe the secondary will be better when the pass rush, the secondary will thrive when the front seven are actually generating pressure, right? Disrupting timing and everything. So they, they got, they got to hit on a linebacker for once in a long time. They need to hit on a linebacker. They need some edge rush. They need offensive line. There's a lot of needs for this team. Just not quarterback or wide receiver. There's a lot of running backs in this draft. I mean, yeah. out, outside, I mean, obviously the top two are, are going to be Najee Harrison and Travis Etienne that are probably going to yeah. go either in the late first round or early second round. It seems like, you know, to me, I know the Jaguars drafted Leonard Fournette at number four, you know, a few years back, but Outside of that, we really haven't seen too many running backs taken in the first round because we can, you can always find them, you know, and you can always find the diamonds in the rough in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, those day two, day three type players that turn out to be just as good, if not better. Right. No, unless, unless you think Derrick Henry is in this draft and nobody knows Derrick Henry better than the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but unless you think a dude like that is in this draft, like absolutely not, you don't, especially for the Falcons, they can't afford to take him to take a running back in the first round. I don't think they can afford to take one in the first three rounds, but there have been plenty of running backs that you get fourth, fifth round. Sometimes hell they're even undrafted. Um, and I do believe that in Arthur's type of system, as I alluded to earlier, it's very, I am a huge West coast offense girl. I, you know, I grew up on Gary Kubiak here in Houston and he is from that Shanahan tree and, and from with Kyle Shanahan's father. 
And I'm just a big fan of that zone blocking scheme. Uh, your quarterback just kind of bootlegs out, you know, and just out in space just makes a throw to the, the tight end or even a running back. Um, or you just hand it off, you know, do the play action. I love, love the play action, the bootleg, zone blocking, all that good stuff. So I'm really excited to see, I mean, hell, if Matt Ryan's been doing all this with dudes like Sarkeesian and Dirk Cotter, like I just go back to the Super Bowl year in my head. Was it 2015, 2016? And um, that offense, man, it was fun to watch. I also think that Todd Gurley is going to be better this year than he was last year, but they need another one. They need another one. They need more depth behind him. I think we're going to see a lot more of Todd Gurley uh, probably catching screens, probably, you know, catching some passes, running some routes like that. So, but yeah, they just need somebody else. They they need, they really need like that good, solid, hefty third down back, you know, third and two. I'm, t- I'm tired of watching them throw the ball on third and two. Like, stop it. So... And when I think of third and two, you know, I, I just think of the Titans, you know, just giving it, just giving it Derrick Henry and, and he'll get the two, he'll get, you know, five, 10, 15, whatever, however many yards you oh, need yeah. for the first down. Ugh, I wish he could, I wish he could come to the Falcons. That'd be so nice. But now Derrick Henry is so much fun to watch. I've even got my girlfriends, like, like friends that don't watch sports at all, which is most of my female friends. It sucks, but um, don't watch sports at all. Even they were watching Derrick Henry highlights with me not that long ago because I was like, no, you don't understand. I have to show you this man. He is gigantic. He should not. He looks like just a giant, like a basketball player or like a tight end or something. I don't know. He's huge. And but it was it was a culmination of plays where, you know, he's doing that thing where he just grabs you, stiffs arm you by the helmet and throws you down. Just keeps running like even even they were impressed with that, man. That that dude is fun to watch. I like watching him. Yeah, he is. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think Ty Gurley is going to be a lot better this year. And, and I, I'd love to see him kind of, kind of stretch out and start catching a lot more passes out of the backfield. But I yeah. definitely, definitely would love to, if I, Terry Fondo and Arthur Smith, I'd definitely love to, to get one of these young running backs, uh, you know, just kind of looking, you know, down the board and no, Chuba Hubbard probably could be available. He you know, led, yeah. he led the country in rushing last year at Oklahoma State, and then you got a couple guys, you know, just locally here in the southeast, and and Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis or, or Javante Williams from North Carolina, you know, just naming a couple guys. But mm-hmm. he, all all of those could be great for the Falcons as well. They do. They they will be great. But you know they. For a minute there, for a brief window of time, you were not seeing running backs taken before kind of like the third round. If they were really amazing, maybe the second round. We saw that for a couple of years and we were all like, oh, what's happening to the running back position? What's happening to it? You know, every everywhere was talking about that. And then lately, I, you know, if they think you're a generational talent, I have been seeing them go in the first round. I feel like at least over the past two years and forgive me, names evade me right now. Um but I know last year the running back got taken in the first round. I just don't know why the hell I can't think of his name. But uh, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think that the guys that you just named, I think that they are expected to be so good that I don't expect to see them after the second round. And the Falcons are in such a crunch that I need them to take other position players in the first and second round. If that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, but, hey, there's there's plenty of. There's plenty of guys out there. I mean, there's so so much volume of running backs that it's it's pretty – it's, you know, pretty easy to hit on one. And if you don't, it's not too much trouble to to, to go ahead and and cut them and, and, you know, wave them and sign somebody else. Yep, absolutely. And I'm I'm so surprised to see running backs starting to get, like, predominantly guaranteed contracts. Like, I remember Todd Gurley's contract – was I think seventy or eighty percent guaranteed. I'm like, are y'all crazy? Like, what is going on? These guys are the most injured. The last I checked, and this is a long time ago. I think I was in college. Whenever I remember reading this, but I was presenting an art. I was interning at ESPN back in the day, and I knew that I was gonna. One of the on-air hosts was gonna bring me on for a segment, and I knew that we were gonna fight about running backs. And so I looked up the average length 
of career for the running back position. And it was under three years. Like the average NFL running back will be in the league for no longer than three years. It was like 3.2, I think is what it was. But I, I can't be guaranteeing contracts with that, but it's happening. So we'll see. So we're going we're gonna to go to a, a place that, that you know well, that, that you reside in currently and, and do, mm-hmm. do all your work in, and that's the, the Houston Texans. And, and there's you know, sticking on the field with Deshaun Watson. Does he play this year? And if so, how much success do you think you'll have and if not, just kind of looking ahead to the draft, the Texans don't have a pick in the first two rounds. Their first pick is in the third round. What are, what are some of the needs that you think they can address in rounds three through seven? Oh, man, it's so hard to tell, right? Because just like the Falcons, there's a new GM here in Nick Casario. Um, you still have Jack Easterby in the facility, which is what most people here are very upset about. Um, nobody even really understands what he does. So, or how much pool he has, but clearly he has enough pool for the McNairs to blow up everything that Bill O'Brien touched or had anything to do with except Jack Easterby. So, you know, it's, it's very bizarre. It's very weird. I cannot wait until he is gone one day and I'm an old lady in the future. And finally we get the ESPN 30 for 30 that we all deserve about Jack Easterby and Bill O'Brien and just the crap show. I almost cussed on your podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, but just the, the circus that has been the Houston Texans for the past couple of years. Um, because even as somebody, you know, my boss, Jerome, who I do my, my show with, And sometimes there's stuff that he can't say on air, but you know, he's my mentor. He's kind of like father figure to me. He's my co-host. I work with him. He's my boss, everything. You know, sometimes I kind of get the spiel stuff that he can't say publicly, but that he knows because he's in that locker room. He's at all those press conferences, much more access than I do, but I get a lot of my, my goods from him. He don't even know what the hell's going on. You know what I mean? Nobody does. Nobody does. It is so bizarre and so weird and so cryptic. It, it, oh man, the Texans need a lot of help. Um, I expect them to be bad again next year with or without Deshaun. Do I think Deshaun Watson's going to play next year? If he does, it will be late in the season. He will absolutely 1 million percent get some, he will serve some sort of suspen- suspension, whether or not there are legal charges pressed whether or not he's actually a criminal or not. The players union has given Roger Goodell the power and, you know, we may all disagree with it, but he has it to do whatever he wants. If he feels that you have exhibited exhibited conduct that is detrimental to the league, which Deshaun has, um, he'll suspend you. I mean, hell we watched Ezekiel Elliott get suspended and for much less, you know what I mean? And no criminal charges at all. So, yeah, Deshaun getting suspended. I can't see it being less than than six games. I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere around eight to ten, if I had to guess. But who knows? Today, another charge was filed, right? So now it's up to 22. I think it was 22, and then it went back down to 21, and now it's 22 again. And now we have faces that some of the women have actually come forward and put their names on it. And so you have this woman crying in the camera, willing to put her name out there, willing to put all out there. And I knew that the minute one girl did, the rest of them would feel brave enough to also put their name on the lines. Because when you put something like this out there, uh, I mean, newsflash, it's going to come back to haunt them. Uh, one of the girls' Instagram business Instagram pages already has tons of people leaving terrible reviews for her business and doing t- saying horrible things to her, giving her death threats over, over an NFL quarterback. Imagine that. Imagine being so obsessed with the guy so much that you would be somebody that you don't know. You would be willing to try to ruin somebody's livelihood and then also threaten their life over it. But that when people ask me like, well, why did they wait so long to put their name on it? Or why, why did they come forward with this earlier? Look, at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson's still going to be rich. He's still going to eventually quarterback somewhere. I mean, hell, people can think that you murdered somebody, but if a team thinks that you're talented enough 
to help them win, you will play in this league, especially at the quarterback position where only a handful of them are good enough to actually win a championship. Deshaun Watson, at the end of the day, still going to be rich, still going to be a quarterback somewhere where, whether it's with Houston or not, and he's still going to have endorsements later on in life. I know right now some are pulling out, but after he does his, his rehab tour, so to speak, you know, where he probably donates a lot of money to some woman's charity and goes on a public apology tour, if I had to guess. I mean, we've seen this movie before, right? He's going to do all that. And then eventually, whether it's with the Texans or somebody else, he will play quarterback. He will always be fine in life. These women, on the other hand, think whatever you want about them, you know, whether or not you believe them or not, coming out and putting your name on this is life-changing for them. Life. What's happening to Sean right now is momentary. What's going to happen to them, it ain't going to be done for a couple of years, especially in a, I mean, Houston's a large city, don't get me wrong, but it is a very small, large city, if that makes any sense. So um, I cannot, uh, he's absolutely exhibited conduct detrimental to the league, uh, you know, by Roger Goodell's standards. Can't see him getting less than an eight game suspension. And as this continues to climb, that may grow. He might have to spend a year out. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Never thought it would get to the number 22 with accusers. Never in a million years when this first started. And it was like two or three women, even when it was at nine. Never thought we would see 22. And it's like every week, it's more and more and more. It's a bad look. And um, I don't I don't think he's going to play for a while. And he's definitely going to fill it in his pocketbook. He ain't going to go broke. He'll never go broke. But he going to fill it. He going to fill it for sure. Hey, there, there's no doubt about it. And I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't say it any better than what you and how you've just said it. And I mean, at the end of the day, he's, you know, going to get suspended, but he's still, he's still going to be quarterbacking somewhere either this year or next or, or for the years to come. And he's definitely not, definitely not going to be hurting. And, and, you know, just thoughts and prayers to all the, to, to all those, to all those women. I know it's a, you know, it's a, it's a really difficult thing to do. So it is. And nobody wants to believe this about him. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm human. When I first heard that it was the first accusation, you know, a lot of people came out publicly and of course said the right thing, but then you had dudes like Roddy white, you know, ex Falcon come out and say some stupid stuff on Twitter, automatically accusing the woman of, of, you know, he said something about, Oh, when woman got to secure the bag, you know, said something like that. And, you know, some other dudes have said stuff like that. And people have called into my radio show and literally said stuff like that. And a lot of people think it, they won't tell you it, but they think it, but you know, I, I questioned it a lot at first and, you know, I'm a firm believer that where there's smoke, there's fire. I have also, as I told you before the podcast, I have witnessed uh, two of my friends. I have witnessed well, let's just say this. They opened up their social media and showed me personally conversations that they've had with him. And I'm a firm believer. And when there's smoke, there's fire. And then after I saw those conversations, it was done. Like, I don't know if every woman is telling the truth. I will never know. Nobody will ever know except Deshaun, those women and God. But some of them are telling the truth. And I, I can tell you this. He is absolutely a weirdo. And... There's something psychologically weird going on in there, and I don't know what it is. And honestly, I kind of feel like if this had not happened now, like I'm sure that now he's probably being quiet, probably somewhere hold up with his girlfriend, you know, and not reaching out to have these weird massages that he could be getting from the team massagers. But he has a certain type that he wants to be massaged by. And um, if, if this if this had not came out, and I'm assuming put a stop to it, uh, at least for now, I wouldn't be surprised if this type of behavior behavior did become something much worse. So it might actually be a blessing in disguise for all parties that he's kind of getting checked right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and it's been awesome stuff talking talking all all things NFL with you. And, and you got one last thing for you, and we st- we started started this last week. Is th- this is this is Friday's show, so we started fried chicken Fridays last week, and so I wanted to 
to, to get your thoughts on what are a couple of the best fried chicken places that you've eaten at. It could be, you know, it could be a home that, that you've made yourself or at restaurants or different things like that. But what are, what are a couple of your, your top places to get uh, fried chicken? Oh man. Other than my grandma's house. Um, <laughs> I, oh man, this is going to be so corny. And you know, I live in Houston, Texas. You probably don't know what this place is it's called Frenchies. It's a cult like following here for Frenchies fried chicken. Um, I think they're highly overrated, so I'm not going to say them. I'm just saying anybody from Houston watching this is going to probably kill me for not saying Frenchies. That being said, don't kill me for this, but I really like Popeye's. I think Popeye's chicken, whether it's bone-in or chicken strips with the Cajun gravy is, see, people don't know about that Cajun gravy, but that gravy is a game changer. It's like $1.99 and they only give you like a spoonful in a cup. They don't give you nothing. They're real shysty about it. But that gravy is a dang game changer. And then also, uh, if we could talk fried chicken and talk about hot wings, I really like Pluckers. I don't think they have it where you live, but it's a, it's a hot wing place that kind of started in Austin, Texas, and it has slowly branched out into a place like Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, and stuff like that. They, they probably have the best, the best wings that I can think of. Hey, I mean, no, no shame in Popeyes. I'm, I'm a big Popeyes so fan myself. And then, you know, here we got, you know, don't have to go very far. I mean, then go to Bojangles or Chick-fil-A or somewhere like that. And we don't have Bojangles here. And I don't think I ever had it when I lived in Atlanta. I know so they what, have it there, but. So my my buddy is is in law school at, at Creighton out in Omaha right now. And that, that's the one thing that he misses about South Carolina is, is Bojangles. Isn't that a Louisiana kind of kind of place? Like, didn't it start there? Isn't it kind of Cajun-y? That's uh, Pop Popeyes is more is more Louisiana, yeah. I know Popeyes is. I thought Bojangles was too. I I, I could be tripping. Y'all have Zaxby's over there too. We don't. I don't think we have any around here. New Zaxby's. And there's there's some great. I mean, what's your favorite? Your favorite's Bojangles. Pro- I probably have to say Bojangles because because it'll be Chicken Supremes for the win, and then. I love Chick-fil-A too though. Like, I could honestly eat Chick-fil-A for oh, bre- yeah. for breakfast, lunch, and supper. Well, like, I could get like some of some of those like chicken minis in the morning and then get me a chicken sandwich at lunch and then chicken nuggets at at night. So it don't I, I'm on a try. I'm you on a steady chicken diet. So Okay. I hey, ain't no shame in that. You're you're fortunate you don't look like you eat chicken all day every day. Fried chicken at that. Um, if I did like some crazy, my body would be taking up a lot more of the screen. So I have to watch myself, but no, Chick-fil-A is great. Um, also highly underrated churches. I love churches. Churches is really good. Yeah, it, it is. And you know, I'm not, I love fried chicken. I could probably eat it every meal of every day, but I mean, yeah. give me a nice, like steak, like give me a ribeye or give me uh give me a hamburger or something like that to mix it, mix it up a little bit. Yeah, variety is the spice of life, right? I think that's a saying somewhere. No, but uh, fried chicken, man, I'm kind of hungry too. You kind of got me like Popeye's still open right now. I don't know. But. I'm definitely gonna have to get me a get me a snack uh, after we get done recording. But but it's really been awesome having you on and and tell everybody where they can find you on, on social media, Rachel and and what you got coming up with your work and, and your opportunity to plug anything else you want to as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my social media handles on almost everything is at game day OJ, you know, hence the van orange OJ. So at game day OJ on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, all that good stuff. I just kind of got on the TikTok train. I'm, I'm a little bit behind in that area, but I'm working on it. Uh, but now I'm very active on Twitter. So for sure, hit me up on there. Um, you can hear me on the weekends from eight to 10 AM on the Houston sports show. It's on ESPN 97.5. I don't know why I had to think about that. ESPN 97.5, also ESPN 92.5, um, as well as we have a Twitch. So every time we do the show, you can watch us in studio, at, which might be even better because you can see our facial expressions. And we have a lot of laughs, a lot of fun on that show. It's, I mean, it's really blown up into something, you know, when you do a weekend show, uh, you, expectations aren't that high 
but man, our ratings are just climbing through the roof and it's, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, hop on the twitch.tv slash ESPN975. Um, you can watch, listen that way from anywhere. You can also get it on the ESPN97 uh, web browser if you're in another state other than Houston, obviously. Um, and then during football season, if you like sports betting and you like the NFL and you like fantasy football and just all that kind of degenerate stuff, you got to catch us on YouTube and on Spotify. It's called the Pixwise NFL Show. Um, do it for a great company called Pixwise Sports Betting Show. My co-host, Jeff Reinbold, he's been a, a special teams coordinator and the CFL, the Canadian Football League, the the NFL, everything. So that that guy really he really brings the X's and O's to the show, and I kind of bring that that gut instinct to to sports betting and stuff. So we have a lot of fun there as well. And no doubt about it. And and shout and shout out to you for for coming on, and and shout out to everybody else uh, listening as well. It's been another edition of Crunch Tide Plays with Rachel. Von Aranya, OJ. And I know I said, yeah. I know I said that I wasn't going to say it again, but I did it anyway to close it out because this has been an awesome time. And, and, and I just thought you deserved another one. Thank you so much. You, you did it. You actually did it better the second time than the first time. So props to you, my guy. Props to you. Well, it's kind of like my golf. It's kind of like my golf swing. You know, when I, when I, when I hit one shot, it, it's bad, but then I'll throw another ball down and take me a mulligan and I'll hit it on the green every time. So. There you go. I just played golf the other day for a work event and um, it was a lot of fun. I actually want to take golf lessons now. So I might have to hit you up on some of the mechanics of golfing. <laughs> hey, I'm probably the last person that, that you won't teaching you how to play golf, but, but I'm more than willing to give you some, just give you some, some things to think about. I mean, I'm definitely not a technical expert by any means on the swing, but I'll take all the help I can get. <laughs> awesome stuff Rachel thank you so much and thanks to you for listening make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify it's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays God bless everybody <laughs>